All right, everybody, welcome to a new episode of the Pylon Podcast. I'm Cantley Elliott here with Emilio Pena and Preston Brown. Um, it's good to be back, guys, about a quarter of the way through the NFL season, and um, there's been a lot going on. So I guess we're going to just dive dive right into it. Um, biggest surprise so far this season. Preston, we'll start with you. What, what team or player has been a big surprise to you so far? Um, well, I guess my disappointing surprise will have to be the Bears. <laughs> Uh, I just – I wanted Justin Fields to look good. I wanted them to win games, and it just doesn't seem like they're the right fit for each other. So, And then I guess the Lions, on the other hand, have been a surprise for me. I didn't think they were going to be that good. Everybody else did around the league. But to me personally, I'm excited to see what they have going with golf. Uh, Montgomery's running hard. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do. So those are my biggest surprises so far. Amelia? Um, I'd say for me, uh, biggest surprise, I guess, in a po- positive light is the Arizona Cardinals, because I felt like all offseason, the talk was, you know, the Caleb Williams sweepstakes for Arizona and, you know, whether they'd get Marvin Harrison Jr. since they have the Texans pick, which, I mean, they're also a surprise, too. But uh, Arizona has been fighting and competitive in every single game so far. And, um, you know, it's looking like they have a bright future ahead once they, you know, either get Kyler Murray back and or you know, whoever they pick in the, the draft next year. Yeah. Um, I'm going to stay on the NFC with you guys. I think my biggest surprise, and Preston, similar to you, uh, disappointing surprise has been the New York Giants, actually. Um, and I think it started week one when they had that disappointing loss to the Cowboys. Um, and I think I was listening to a podcast the other day. It was the NFL on Fox. And they said that at home, the uh, the Giants have been outscored like 69-3. to It was something crazy. But, I mean, I know 40 of those points came from Dallas. But, Still, I think the way we saw the Giants look last year, um, and Amelia, I know this probably hurts to say, but even like that that playoff win against the Vikings, you were like, you know, these guys look like, you know, they could be legit. And then they went and got Darren, Darren Waller in the offseason. You know, he was another weapon for Daniel Jones who got paid. And you just it just felt like they had all the pieces. And so far, it seemed like the wheels have fallen off. Saquon Barkley hasn't been – the healthiest this year. Daniel Jones hasn't looked like the quarterback you paid him all that money to be. And it's just, it's been disappointing so far for the Giants, I will say. Other than the comeback win on the Cardinals a couple weeks ago, I can't really say there's too many bright spots for the Giants this season. So that's my, you know, disappointing surprise, I guess, so far this season. Positively, Um, I mean, I kind of brought them up. uh, The Houston Texans, like, they've won two in a row, which has been uh, really cool to see, considering everything they've been through since 2020. Um, just seems like they're on the, you know, uptick. So good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Preston, I wanted to ask you too about the Texans. Um, you know, when you have like a defensive minded head coach, but you know, you, the Texans went out when they drafted CJ Stroud and Anderson, you have these kind of, you know, key pieces to build around on both sides of the ball. Which side would you say has been more optimistic for them? Cause you look at CJ, I think they said the other day where he's thrown for 900 yards, no picks. He's like the only rookie or first rookie to do it. And, you know, has it been the defensive side or the offensive side more for the Texans, you think? Yeah, i, I got to give it to the offense because rookie quarterbacks don't play that well. I mean, he's definitely got a, a, a command of that offense. He has receivers that get to the right spots. I mean, Robert Woods is helping those young guys, and they're really taking that next step. So I, I love what CJ is doing with that offense. I still think if you hit him, you can knock him off of this streak and make him feel the NFL. But right now, it's like he's seven on seven, QB 11, man in camp. He's just back there throwing the ball. And we all know he can do that at a high level. So 
I'm excited to see that. But the defense is going to be good because of who is in charge. I mean, he's been a good defensive coach. He's playing the league. He understands NFL defense like the back of his hand. So I knew they were going to be good. But I'm excited to see that offense and how they're performing. Do you, do you think maybe, let's say maybe in the next year or two, do you think, do you either of you guys can answer this? Do you think they can challenge the Jags like for that top spot in that division? Because right now, like we, I think we said before the season started, we all had the Jags win in the division. But the way CJ and that team is looking right now in a couple of years, I mean, they could potentially give them a run for their money. I don't know. Emilio, what do you think? I think certainly. I think that division is going to be pretty competitive uh, here in a few years. Um, on top of C.J. Stroud and the Texans being competitive, I think we got to look at the Indianapolis Colts, too, because Anthony Richardson has been looking like a stud as well. Um, unfortunately, he's been um, you know, injured a few times so far. Uh, nothing too, too serious. But um, you know the way they fought back against the Rams, unfortunately, they didn't win. But just to show that fight and everything, uh, I think that's encouraging for Indianapolis as well as, uh, you know, the encouragement coming out of Houston. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely do. I'm, I'm excited to watch them because it seems like the knock has always been like Ohio State quarterbacks, you know, in the league. I think I think I saw maybe last year where they said no Ohio State quarterback has ever been a pro bowler. And I was like, that's kind of interesting. You know, CJ, he might be the guy to finally, you know, break yeah. that trend and, you know, get in there in the next couple of years. He looks very promising. Um, somebody made the comparison that he's like Jared Goff, but a little more mobile. Is that, Preston, is that fair? I, I don't like that at all. I, I think, you <laughs> know. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, CJ got way too much swag to be compared to golf. I think golf is more of that, that manager kind of guy that people kind of talk about who can make great plays. He's a top pick. But CJ definitely is one of the best quarterbacks in the league so far. I mean, so you have to give him his props. And I think they can strike while he's on that rookie deal because that's when you have to get those guys. So I think the first round, they got Jerry Hughes, Robert Woods, some of the older veterans. But now I think the next go around, these next couple of years, they'll get those 25, 26-year-olds, get a big deal, the big receivers, big defensive guys to really make that push while he's still in the rookie contract. The, so the, the running game, though, for the Texans, I think Damian Pierce was a guy we talked about this year. How are you guys feeling about him right now? I think he's a nice little supportive piece, and he's an angry runner. Um, I don't know if he's been, like, all pro or anything too, too crazy this year. I don't, I don't think any running backs have been super, super impressive besides, like, McCaffrey so far. Um, yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, he's in a class of his own. But, you know, Pierce is definitely a nice little piece for them moving forward. Um, I know T. Higgins is a free agent next year. I think that might be an intriguing piece to add to Houston maybe. But, yeah, I could definitely see Pierce being a – you know, Pro Bowl caliber running back for the next couple of seasons to help relieve some of that pressure. Yeah. Um, I think T. Higgins is a good segue to Cincinnati Bengals. We, we kind of mentioned them a little bit before we started recording this. Um, Preston, I want to ask you this question because it kind of – there were three teams I had today who their defenses I wanted to talk about. The Bengals, their run defense is actually um, the team I wanted to kind of – kind of talk about so I was reading on ESPN I said they're allowing 5.1 yards per carry that's the most they've given up in five seasons and they've allowed the second most rushing yards so far this year 280 Um, what does the defense have to do to get back on track I mean I know everybody kind of points fingers at Joe Burrow and the offense and everything but you have to look at that other side of the ball too I think DJ Reader he had a quote on ESPN that I was reading he was like you know you're gonna have to want to make those plays I see guys who are, you know, half tackling and, you know, they just don't want to make those plays. They don't want to be out there. And like, you know, is that the mentality of the defense right now? Or like, what is the state of it? 
Yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, you can look at their stats and just blind eyes see that when the safeties lead your team and tackles, both of them, I mean, you're, that means they're breaking through the first two lines of defense. So that's not a good look. I, you watch the tape and you see a lot of guys playing high. I mean, you saw Pratt get blocked 30 yards down the field against the Browns. And you can see that mentality. Once other people see that on film, they're going to try to take your heart out with the run. And then you get Derrick Henry in your face and he's breaking tackles. So that's not a good guy to get when you're trying to get your tackle in together. So hopefully as these weeks go by with Arizona, but then you got James Conner, who's going to try to run hard as well. So it's tough because once guys know you're not a good tackling team, they're going to keep forcing a run, forcing a run, then boom play action pass over your head, D-hop or whoever it is down the field. So it's tough when you lose your two starting safeties and then you expect these guys to come in. They're doing a good job tackling, but I don't want my safeties and corners to have to tackle. I want Reader, Sam Hubbard, uh, all the linemen and linebackers to be getting hats on the ball, and it's just they're getting blocked. That's what it seems to happen. Is there secondary missing Bates and Bell? Like, Do you think they're significant? Like, Is it it showing – I, I see it. I mean, because I was on that defense before they got – I mean, I had young Jesse as a, as a rookie, but I didn't have pro bowl, all pro Jesse. And then they had the other guys playing well as, as well. When you lose those guys, it's tough because they are the, the second quarterback of the defense. I know Logan Wilson has done exceptionally well in the past and the run, but he can't do it all by himself. He needs all 11 to run to the ball, and it looks like they're just not giving all the effort. Yeah. Amelia, I wanted to ask you um, just your overall thoughts on the AFC North. Do you think it's – has it panned out so far the way you thought it was going to or, you know, the way we discussed on the pod, or do you think it's a little bit different? I know we still have a lot of football left to be played, but so far through the first quarter, you know, what do you see? Well, I was the only one who had the Bengals winning the division, so definitely, you know, not looking great for my predictions here. I think you guys are going to end up being right with uh, Baltimore sitting at 3-1. and one. They're – they're looking pretty impressive. Probably should be four and one, but it's a tough division you know, to predict. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, couldn't have foreseen the Joe Burrow calf situation taking place the way it has. I think that's severely limited their offense. You know, it's like the games I've watched, it seems like they're running predominantly out of shotgun because he's, you know, not able to, you know, drop back the way he would like to, or, um, you know, they want to re-aggregate that injury. Um, but I think, uh, I think Baltimore's primed to win the division. Uh, I think Cleveland's a lot better than I anticipated. I, I had them in last. Um, it looks like they're going to um, be challenging. And, um, you know, as good as Pittsburgh's defense has been, uh, their offense has looked pretty anemic. Uh, Pittsburgh fans all over the country calling out to fire Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator. And um, I think Mike Tomlin just said they're not looking to make any changes on the coaching staff. So, um you know, as far as my rankings go, and I'm I'm definitely gonna have the worst out of the three, I think, for that division. But um you you said it's early. Uh Browns yeah. and Steelers still at two and two. Um the only thing that makes me think that it can't get shuffled around any anymore is that uh there's been a decent amount of divisional games played already. I think the Bengals Bengals already played the Ravens and Browns, Browns already played the Ravens and Steelers, and Steelers played the yeah, so Steelers and Ravens play this weekend too, and that's always going to be a you know hard nosed, physical, intense game. So mm-hmm. you know that could be a important game to see who's going to win. I think Baltimore's probably going to win that game though. Yeah, I want to say it's in Pittsburgh, but don't quote me on that. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm going to throw this next one out there for both of you guys too, Preston. I'll actually start with you because Lamar Jackson being another, you know, Louisville football player, it almost seems like every year we'll have him in some kind of preseason MVP poll or whatever, or people are really high on him. He usually starts out, you know, September, October, pretty strong. And then towards the end of the year, you know, he might have an injury or whatever, and he might miss, you know, four or five, six games down the stretch. When you're looking at what he's doing right now with the injuries that Baltimore has too, like, do you think he's making a case? Like, do you think he can keep this play up? You know, now that he, he's been paid and everything, do you think it's like legitimate to have him in that MVP conversation? Yeah, I think he's he's kind of a guy who's always going to be in that MVP conversation because mm-hmm. of how exciting he is, the passes he makes. I see all the probability of his catches that he's throwing, and they're always low because he just tries things that other guys don't really try. He can get out of things other quarterbacks can't do because he's the most athletic quarterback in the league, and he shows it on a weekly basis. But now he's out there dialing stuff up, throwing deep out routes across the field, throwing corner routes into the corner of the end zone over three defenders. Like, he's really taking that next step. And now that he's paid, he has the confidence, he has the reassurance of the whole city of Baltimore and that whole area. Like, he definitely has the momentum to take another MVP because we'll look up and if he continues to play the way he's playing, they'll be 15 and two, you know, 14 and three and be at the top of the AFC. And if Patrick Mahomes numbers haven't really been that, that uh, sock knocking off, you know, he's just been kind of average for Patrick Mahomes standards that I think him and Josh Allen, but I, I just always know Josh Allen may have a four turnover game and knock himself out where Lamar fumbles a lot, but I don't think he'll have such a disastrous game to really knock him out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I said, I just wonder because, you know, every year I feel like it's September. We, we talk about him and, you know, we all get super high on him. And, you know, maybe around like November, December, it's like, okay, you know, he's doing what he's done, like, you know, the year before or whatever. So I'm, I'm really high on him. Like I really, like I said, right now, I think the way the AFC has looked and, I think as much as we all really liked a lot of teams going into the season, because Miami, they were for the first, I'd say maybe two, three weeks, I was really high on them. But now it might be Baltimore for me, maybe, to be the AFC, the best team there. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say because the Bills, I mean, they even looked really good last week, too, against Miami. And I think, you know, that that said a lot. So, I mean, it's the AFC is tough right now. Um, yeah, I really see. like the Bills this year, too. Like the Bills? Yeah, like um, the Bills. Yeah, that was another that was another thing I had too. So two weeks ago when they played the Commanders, it was thirty seven three, and that was when the Dolphins absolutely obliterated the Broncos. I mean that was just that was terrible, and everybody's like, oh, you know, Buffalo doesn't stand a chance this that and the other. But Buffalo to me that was the first legitimate defense I felt like Miami had played all season long. Like, do you guys agree? And do you think like Buffalo is that team? I thought it was their first real challenge. Um, you know, they could have taken some of those 70 points and just transferred the next week over and for Buffalo, they probably would have been better off, but, uh, all serious, uh, all jokes aside, like, I think, uh, you know, as much hype as Miami's gotten all off season, like, but it seems like Buffalo has gotten an equal amount of like, I don't want to call it disrespect, but like last mm-hmm. year, Buffalo was the media darlings, you know, the, the Super Bowl favorites going into the season. So I think so many people have slept on or overlooked Buffalo and, um, you know, as as terrible as Josh Allen could be with the turnovers, I think he's trying to make a conscious effort to be better. Uh, you know, he maybe he was trying to get all about out of his system week one against the Jets because he basically lost them the game with his turnovers. But um, 
just, you know, they're going to get Von Miller back too. Uh, I just forgot actually Tredavious white is out for the season now too. Um, I still, I still like Buffalo to at least win the division, but I just forgot about the Tredavious white injury. And that's, that's massive. Yeah. That's a huge one. Um, I meant to ask you guys this when we were talking about the AFC North press and I'll start with you being a defensive player again, when you're looking at the Browns defense, First in defend, uh, defensive efficiency, they've only forced three turnovers through their first four games this year. Last year, they forced 20. Um, is it important for them to force turnovers to actually, you know, be in that conversation of an elite defense? Or, you know, when you're looking at them holding teams like Cincinnati to three points and whatnot, is it really important that they are forcing turnovers? Yeah, it's always great to force turnovers. Any way you can get the offense a shorter field, especially with you never know what Deshaun's going to do that game or if he wants to play or what's going on with him. So to give them a short field is always great. And Coach Swartz is by far one of my favorite coaches of all time. And if he was still at Buffalo, I think we both would still be at Buffalo because he just is an excellent mind on how we, if it's having a turnover game, he'll dial up some more pressures to make it that type of day. But if it's a slow rainy, moggy kind of day. He can make Joe Burrow look like he's back at Ohio State. I mean, he can definitely be that type of guy because he is one of the smartest football minds in the league. And the fact that he's up in Cleveland with Miles Garrett, giving him that freedom to play basketball and do whatever he wants on that side, that is it's going to be a great season. And, and, and he has lockdown corners on the outside. I mean, Source is probably happy every day with that defense because he knows he can find different ways to win each week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just was like, I wonder if Miles Garrett, if this might be the season he has the best chance to maybe even win a defensive player of the year, you know, what is it going to take for them, you know, to get him in that conversation? Cause I feel like every year, you know, you have like your TJ Wall, your Aaron Donald, you know, is, is, could this potentially be the year for Miles? Like what does the team have to do, you know, to get him there? Yeah, I, I think so because we have Mario Williams and he had like 17 and a half sacks, I think, or 16. So I know Miles Garrett can, probably double that and get closer to 30 because he's going to find ways to get that guy active and everybody on that line is going to have around 10. Yeah. Um, so to cap this off, this upcoming weekend, is there a specific game you guys are looking forward to? I, I know the game for me is uh, San Francisco and Dallas because uh, Dallas is going to San Francisco actually. And, you know, just when you see all the jokes, cause this is terrible to say, but um, when the whole Tupac murder stuff came out this past week or whatever, people are like, oh, they saw his murder before the Cowboys made it back to this. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, that's kind of like, I mean, there's, there's truth to it. So I just was like, I can't knock the person to put this out there. But um, I'd say right now it feels like San Francisco, they're the best team in the NFC. And if the Cowboys can go out there, give them a run for their money this week, I mean – this might be a different Cowboys team than we've seen the last, you know, how many every year. So that's a game I'm excited for them on the road in San Francisco. Um, and I, I think I'm, I'll take San Francisco to win. I'm not going to be crazy. But, uh, yeah, that's one I'm definitely excited for. Do you guys have any games you're looking forward to? Um, I got one. Yeah. Um, it's I think that Cowboys and 49ers game is going on at the 4 o'clock window. Uh, the other game, I think it's going to be on CBS, is uh, – it's the Vikings hosting the Kansas City Chiefs, and um, you know I'm I'm excited as a Vikings fan, but I'm also excited because I think it's a chance to you know correct the ship. It's been a rough season for us so far. Um, you know, I probably Taylor Swift is going to be there, rolling my eyes at that, but uh, I mean it's going to be a big game. Like like the Vikings really really need a win. Um, I think they've been playing really well despite shooting themselves in the foot repeatedly this year. Uh, like the turnovers have been the 
the real bad part for the season. But other than that, I think the Vikings have been look have been pretty solid. Um, it's going to be really tough because this is the first time that the Vikings have played Patrick Mahomes. He was injured the last time they matched up. So, um, you know, I think that aspect of it, first time playing them, is going to be uh, an exciting matchup for us. Yeah, I want the uh, I'm gonna watch that Texans Falcons game. Uh, really, just because I feel Raiders are fraud uh, being down here in Atlanta. I'm tired of. I just don't think he's an NFL quarterback. You know, God bless his family and everything he does. I just don't feel he is an NFL quarterback. So I want CJ to go for like 450 just to show them the difference in drafting a real NFL ready to go quarterback or just a guy who won a lot of games at a smaller conference playing in front of 30,000 people at UC. Like, it's just a different environment coming down here to Atlanta where we're used to Michael Vick and Matt Ryan and just winning quarterbacks. So I, I'm excited to see that game because I want him to prove me wrong, but I just feel he's going to show everybody who he really is throughout this year. There's two more games I, I forgot to mention. Well, we talked about the Steelers and the Ravens a little bit, but the Eagles at the Rams – that might be another one, too, because, Emilio, you, you touched on Apuka and Nakua. Going against a defense like the uh, like the Eagles this week, I mean, it's going to be a real test for him. But, I mean, he's proven to be pretty legit so far. I mean, I, I've, I've had fun watching him play. So, I think that's going to be a good test for them and a test for that Rams defense. Like we talked about, you know, the two losses they have against Cincinnati and San Francisco. I mean, they were in both of those games until the very end. So, I think if they can go out there and compete with the defending NFC champions, I mean – it might be a this might be a different Rams team than we thought before the season started. There's gonna be a whole lot of green in that stadium too, because yeah. those Eagles fans like to travel. So um it's gonna be a big test for LA because they've been a pretty big surprise this year. It looks like Sean McVay has uh, you know, gotten a new squad in there, a bunch of young guys buying in and everything, like Puka, like we said, and uh Cooper Cup is supposed to be back from IR. So um it'll be interesting to see if you know Nakua's role diminishes or if they can coexist because they're kind of similar um, in certain aspects. So that's that's definitely a game. I don't know what time that is. I'm guessing that's probably like 1 o'clock maybe. But, I think it's a 4. Uh, yeah, I'd say if it's in L.A., it's probably 4. Yeah, um, 4, 4 or 5. I'll have to keep tabs on that game too. But the other two are uh, pretty big matchups too. So might have to get yeah. three TVs going. Heck, yeah. Even with the Browns on a bye, I'm still going to be watching this week. But I'm not. I will say I'm not watching that Thursday night game. The Bears and Commanders, I'm not watching that. <sighs> <laughs> that hurts. I'm not... You think that you think they would have learned last year after the? I think those two two teams played last year on Thursday night. Yeah, but the I... the the Colts and Broncos game last year. You think they would have learned? Oh my god! I was talking to my dad about the the prime time games the other day, and I was like, I just some of them I just I just can't do. I just am like, no thanks. They tried so... to get those Giants games out of the way early because they probably knew the Giants were going to suck. Yeah, get the Giants and the Broncos out the way early. I'm so tired of all. I'm yeah, yeah, but that's a whole different story. But um, but thank you guys for tuning into the Pylon Podcast. Make sure you check out all of our other content. We'll have more episodes in the future, and we'll see you all next time.